This is the Horse Radio Network. This is episode 37 of Healthy Critters Radio on the Horse Radio Network. Healthy Critters Radio is brought to you by Biostar US. Find them online at biostarus.com. On today's show, we learn from a listener how she incorporated the whole food diet for her horse. Critter Nutrition focuses on horses with gastric ulcer sensitivity. The breed of the show is the West Highland White Terrier. Hedwig explains how dogs can help humans who are sick. And in Coffee Clutch, we imagine what animal we might reincarnate into. I understand you have a revelation. I do, sort of. And it's not it's not even necessarily that it's a new revelation, but it is, you know, um, I obviously am a dressage trainer. I have been my entire life. It's how I've, you know, put food on the table for a long, long time, as you know, Tigger. And, um, you know, I have always been such a big advocate, as you know, Tigger, because we've done training <laughs> together, um, that I am always just... I, it, having eyes on the ground are just huge. And I am very fortunate because right now my daughter who, um, recently, well, in a year and a half ago earned her gold medal, um, can be eyes on the ground for me, but you just, it's amazing. Even though when you've been doing this for 30 years, how you can always cycle back to this big thing that happened to you years and years ago. And, um, a very, a, a very dear family friend of ours, um, and great clinician, Kathy Conley is here in Texas doing a clinic and, um, she's worked with my horse Stu with Hannah actually, uh, winter before last cause she worked with her. And it's the revelation is for myself is that you do tend to always go back to old bad habits, whether you see them or not see them. But it's just, I had an aha moment that I probably had 30 years ago today. And it is, it is just so wonderful to realize and so empowering to realize that you just truly can continue to learn every single day when you're writing and teaching. And it's just, and my aha moment was, and it's going to sound silly, but it's just, my, <laughs> yeah. Of just keeping a horse in front of your seat all the time. And it makes sense, but it's just the way you do it and how you do it. And um, it was just it was just one of those like, wow, I am going to use this for years. If I don't write it down, I'll forget about it again. But it's the way it, it just was. It was just a great thing for me. And it's just lifted me up. And it just made me love my very difficult horse even more. Um, and I realize how responsible I am for making these aha moments come more frequently by having good eyes on the ground and having, being reminding stuff and taking good notes, being just because I'm a trainer doesn't make me a good student, right? So all the things I tell my students to do, I always make them text me three lines. What did you get out of this lesson? What did you think we were working on? What did you get out of it? This is what I got out of it. And I try to keep that dialogue going because it helps me continue to talk to them throughout the month if I don't see them, if I'm doing a clinic or whatever. So anyway, that, that was kind of my aha moment. And it's put me in a darn good mood. I can tell. It just, it just was empowering. It just was, and I, and the great thing about it was just keeping them in front of the, my seat in the walk. It was that simple so that the Piaf would be better, but it was about the walk. It was about getting the walk right. So there you go. That was my aha moment. And I had such a good day. How about you? How about you girls? Did you have a good day? Who got I to did go have first? a good day. <laughs> <laughs> Patty had a did good you? day. Tigger had a yeah. good day. Tell us about your good day, Tigger. Well, I got um, a bunch of um, food planted this weekend. And it was so nice to walk out, do the horses, and then walk out into the garden and look at these little plants. And they weren't dead and they weren't struggling and they're like mm. making themselves comfortable in mother earth and it just it just makes me feel great mm. it's like an aha moment <laughs> <laughs> it's a veggie aha moment it's it's it's, it's a, a a gratitude moment yeah you know that is i love yeah and it's it's is it it's been getting warmer there right yeah, then it now it's cooled off. 
Um, so my sweet potatoes are like, yeah. <laughs> but when you, when you think these were little seeds, and it is amazing. It's it is just, amazing. it's, it, it's the creative process as, as a reminder to us, you know, mm-hmm. those, that kernel of an idea that, that one little insight and what it can become, it can become yeah. a tree or it, it can, can become f- a carrot. And it can feed you. I can keep you alive. It's it's a it's an amazing. It's a circle of life thing. It is. Shall we yeah. sing? I feel like I should. No, please. That's okay. We'll skip yeah. the singing. You, okay. We'll skip okay, the Jennifer. What was your uh, gratitude revelation or um, other insight? Well, hey, this is appropriate because on Thursday of this pa- this week, it this, this past week it was Thank You Thursday. So this is appropriate. Ah, uh, okay. Thank You Thursday. Uh, this this. My, mine has to do with what we chatted about very briefly before we went on air because we were trying to figure out what we we're going to talk about. And it was either <laughs> revelations or the importance of a plan. Right. And mine is going to be the importance of a plan. Okay. Uh, it is very important to have a plan when you, like mm-hmm. when you go riding, have a plan, what yes. you're going to do, how you're going to get it accomplished. And it is very important to be able to throw that plan away. Mm. <laughs> Plans sometimes are stupid. Yeah. Can't tell you the last time riding went to plan, but today yep. plan got thrown away. We went mm-hmm. uh, with something completely random, and it worked out really well. So there we go. And you and you had a good day. And we had a good day. It started out kind of ugly because uh, there were they were uh, jump rails flying every which direction. We were playing pickup sticks, but it, it uh, all ended well. Well, that's good. See, I love that. I love that. Throw the darn plan away. I had to I love my, one of my favorite things of all is man plans and God laughs. There we go. <laughs> I just love that. Yeah. I love it that. Either, it was either change the plan or I was going to break every jump I owned. So I figured I'd right. change the plan. Yeah. They're good. See? Thinking on your feet. <laughs> <laughs> Thinking on your feet. Thinking on my feet. So uh, we've got... Uh, We've got Hedwig coming up. Oh, we have a guest today, don't we? We Yay, do. We've got a guest. She's <laughs> she's a uh, horse radio network. Oh boy, listener, a, auditor, and listener. Yes, yes, listener and auditor. You can't be an auditor without being a listener, but right? You can be a listener without being an auditor. Yes. Yeah. And so she's that's and exciting. she's gone and she's gone to using Whole Foods because of the program because of her program, right? There we yes. go. So why don't we go ahead and get our guest on the line? Let's that do that. So groovy. And I'm delighted that we have Lindsay Helmuth with us today. And Lindsay is a auditor. That was that's she's one of our important super listeners. Super listener. That's what I was looking for. Uh, for the Horse Radio Network. And she uh, is a healthy critters listener and changed her horse's diet to a whole foods diet. So I really wanted to talk to Lindsay and find out, you know, what inspired you, um, what, how you made the changeover, and what differences you've seen. So let's just start with what the inspiration was. Sure. Well, as soon as you guys started putting out Healthy Critters, I started listening uh, right from the beginning. And I, myself, I've dabbled with paleo and clean eating for myself for quite a while. And I know how much better I feel when I am on a clean diet for humans. So when I heard you talking about whole foods for horses, it made so much sense. It was a light bulb that I never knew existed and it came on. Um, And I was honestly a little intimidated at first when you were first talking about it, but it was a really easy switch. So what made it easy for you? Well, I'm at a big boarding stable. So and I also, because I board, I can't, I can't physically get to the barn seven days a week. Mm-hmm. So I believe there had been some talk about needing to soak feed or do something else that just wouldn't have been possible with my schedule. But I, I spoke to you, Tigger, on the phone. I believe this was last August when I made the switch. And you assured me that I didn't have to do that. Right. So I'm able, I make baggies of about two weeks worth of grain at a time. And the barn staff can toss it in when I'm not there. It's it's really easy. And what are your components? What are you feeding? So um, my horse's name is Graham. Graham gets alfalfa pellets and Renew Gold and then a few various different supplements. But that's basically 
the vast majority of his grain is the alfalfa pellets and renew gold. And what, how long did it take you to switch him over from the feed he was on? I took about two weeks. Good. Um, and he, he never had a problem with palatability. He was always interested in it. And I have recently added sunflower seeds as oh, a, uh, a new fat supplement. Uh-huh. And he is in love with his <laughs> sunflower love, seeds. I love the way they crunch them when you feed them at the, the seeds. That, they, that crunching sound is just, it sounds satisfying. <laughs> Well, and it's the only way that I can be sure that he's not just swallowing it whole because he's eating so fast. He clearly just loves the sunflower seeds. <laughs> so what differences have you noticed? Well, so um, I have discussed this on a, a few of the other Horse Radio Network shows. My horse does have some particular physical ailments. Um, basically, he has trouble maintaining muscle and he has trouble keeping weight on. Um, and he also tends to be on the sluggish side. He definitely, his favorite speed is stopped and grazing for sure. (laughs) And, um, he's definitely perkier. He has more energy. Um, I think about a month after I started on the whole foods, he actually ran away with me in a cross country lesson. And I, I couldn't even stop. I was laughing so hard because he's never in six years. He's never done that. But I, you know, I was glad that he was excited about life again and, you know, had a little more spring in his step. And he also, he's, uh, he's, he's never going to be a fat horse, but he's definitely filled out a little bit. He's, he's gotten a little more muscle. I, he is on a few different supplements that are supposed to help him build muscle and to add extra fat, and he definitely looks great. So what other supplements are, is he on? Well, he is on uh, the Kentucky Performance Products, the Elevate Concentrate. It's uh-huh. a, a whole lot of vitamin E, yeah. and that's to support his, uh, his shivers and muscle. Yep. And then he's, he also gets flaxseed and cosequin and sunflower seeds and then locomotion, which is from Biostar, and the cookies from Biostar that I can't remember the name the of. The Optimum. Of my... Yes, that's the it. The Optimum. And so Graham is a little special needs, so he obviously gets a few more supplements than most horses <laughs> would need. They're all special in our own little hearts. Did you notice yes, I any changes? Tell him it's a good thing he's so sweet. <laughs> <laughs> Did you notice any changes over the last few months in in the way his eye looks, like when he looks at you, or the way he looks at the world? He's definitely perkier. Mm-hmm. He's always had a very soft, curious eye. Um, he's, you know, he's the kind of horse, he's 17 hands. You can throw a three-year-old on him, you know, that sort of big, sweet guy. Um, but he's definitely just more alert. I've started clicker training with him actually this winter and he's just so enthusiastic about it. And just, his energy has just been up so much. It's, it's like a different horse. Wow. So would you ever go back to feeding process feed? No. I mean, this is just as easy to mix up my supplements for the barn. And in fact, I think the combination of Renew Gold and alfalfa pellets is cheaper than the process mm-hmm. feed than I was on before. So that's another added bonus. And and he just, he just gets hay. Does he get any turnout? Yes. He's outside about 23 hours a day. Oh, oh um, what a life. Yes. When it's below freezing, they're in at night, but otherwise they are out uh, maybe 22 and a half hours a day. So there's not a ton of grass in his paddock, but they also have uh, hay all the time and I keep his manger in his stall stuffed with alfalfa. So he... I want to come back as your horse. I was going to say, we were talking about what we going to come back as. I know where I'm coming back as. Lindsay's horse. Yeah, totally. <laughs> So, Lindsay, do you have any um, advice for listeners who are, you know, currently on the fence or are worried that it's, you know, too complex? Or what would you advise a friend who is thinking of going to Whole Food for her horses? Well, I think any 
person that's ever done any sort of paleo or Whole30 or any of the other diets that are whole food for people completely understands the benefits that your body gets from eating that way. So I think it's a no-brainer for any human that's tried that. And for someone that hasn't, I would just say to give you a call because you make it so simple and easy. It, oh, like I said, thanks. I was intimidated at first, and you just spelled it out for me. And the few times that I have had a question, you've been very prompt via email. So two thumbs up all the way. Oh, thank you. Well, well <laughs> You're very welcome. Thank you for all your help. Are you, um, is he competing this year? Yes, uh, we had our second combined test of the year two weeks ago, um, and he he's doing good. I think we brought home a, a second place ribbon from that show. And good for you. You know, we're just doing little little low level eventing stuff. Although he uh, <laughs> in a few weeks he gets to go take a trip that's not horse show related, but he gets to come be in my wedding. So I'm very glad that oh he's looking that and shiny. Gosh! Well, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Are you are you getting married in some exotic place that you get to bring your horse? Um, actually, not not too far from your neck of the woods, Tigger. We're getting married in Culpeper. Oh, my goodness. That's so exciting. Is is your horse walking down the aisle with you, or is he going to be hanging out in the background? <laughs> Well, my mom wanted my dad to lead me down the aisle on Graham, but I showed her a few YouTube videos of how badly that can go. Yeah. So that that plan is not going to happen. He'll be there for pictures, and then during cocktail hour, he has a little round pin to hang out oh in. Oh, my gosh, he's coming for cocktails. A- That's so fun. Absolutely. And we're going to supply a bucket of carrots so oh, everyone can uh, grab their drink and go feed Graham a carrot. That's so cool. <laughs> oh, I hope you get this on video. Oh, yes, absolutely. Oh, See, everybody's oh. going to talk about your wedding for the right reason. I yes, got to feed exactly. a horse a carrot. <laughs> and not oh, for the wrong reason, which was the horse galloped down the aisle yes, and the bride fell off. Exactly. <laughs> Making good choices there, Lindsay. That one. Making good choices. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for sharing your story with us, Lindsay, and uh, really giving, giving others confidence to... Uh, Call Tigger or contact Tigger via email and really investigate the the prospect of of getting their horse towards that whole foods diet at to the best of their ability and give their horse the opportunity to feel so much better. Yeah, well, thank you very much for having me. And congratulations, and I can't wait to see the video of Graham and his little round pen getting fed carrots. So I'm going to hold you to that, Lindsay. I want to see that on Facebook. Oh, it'll be there. Don't you worry. (laughs) Have a great wedding. Hello? Hetty, our question for you is, what advice do you have for dogs of taking care of their human when their human is sick? Oh, well, what a tiny query since I have spent days caring for my completely incompetent servant. One would hope that some of my attention will rub off on her. (laughs) No one doubts it. (laughs) Okay, so what are your tips? Oh, tips, yes. Um, Well, the first thing is that when your human is violently ill for days on end and refuses to get up or do anything for herself, you should really sleep as much as you can because really this is an ideal opportunity to catch up on your napping and then when you grow bored of sleeping and you want things just wake up the sick invalid person because they need to do some things for you you've been doing a lot for them and remember at all times to to just Take care of yourself because the caretaker can easily grow exhausted. And it's imperative, imperative that you keep up your spirits. Uh, oh, very good. and if the, if the human is trying to eat a banana as something healthful for the first thing that she's eaten in three days, you should take it and, and eat it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> is that sort of a life-saving tip? Yeah. Well, I 
I mean, life saving. Also, I just really like things. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I can peel them with my paws. I believe it. I, I do too. Sadly. I can. Mm-hmm. I can hold them with my paws, and and then with my teeth, I skin them, and then I eat them. <laughs> Does anybody oh. notice how we went from how we make her servant feel better back to what Hetty needs? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Hetty. It was just an observation. I wasn't judging. <laughs> well, of course you were judging and rudely, but I might overlook that because, you know, you're human and don't get it. By caring for me, I'm helping my servant. I, no, that's a very good point, and I, I stand so corrected. I appreciate the guidance. <laughs> and she hasn't done a single useful thing in days. Oh, I bet, yeah. That must be frustrating, but you did get a banana out of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, mm-hmm, I did, and she didn't, so that works out. <laughs> <laughs> so you're, you're extra spicy tonight, Hetty. It's because I've been doing nothing for days. Okay. So I'm a little bit more energetic than usual. I mean, my traditional schedule is so demanding, but now we can't go anywhere or do anything because she's sick. Oh, bless her heart. Well, oh, I, um, guess. I, I, I hope you don't pass this information on to the Aussies because I, I certainly don't need the Aussie boys to uh, decide that... Um, <laughs> to take your food. <laughs> I'm thinking of writing a little book for oh. other dogs who need advice. That's a good idea. Yes, because many dogs are not as smart as me. No, of course not. It would be like Eloise's helpful hints. Yes. Exactly. You know, how to keep your human in line, as it were. <laughs> yes, as it were. Well, you're always so helpful, Hetty. Thank you for that good tip. Oh, no worries. I'm always happy to contribute to the dialogue. And now it's time for the breed of the show. We are now at the breed of the show segment. I have chosen the West Highland Terrier because I actually am having a um, Reba um, Connolly stay with me for a couple of days. Um, and she is a West Highland Terrier and she is adorable. Um, and a Tigger, neither one of us have, has ha- ever had a Westie, have we? <laughs> no, no. And I will tell you, I, it's one I've thought about. I'm not going to lie. I, I have two. Yep. That or a Karen Terrier. I've had um, a Karen. That's right. You have had a Karen, but they're, um, they're actually very, they're somewhat in the same, terrier lineup as the white that they're referred to as a Westie or the white Scottish terrier. They're um, kind of in the same terrier group as a Carrion or even a Norwich or a Scotty. Not a Carrion, a Cairn. Carrion is dead stuff. Carrion. A Cairn. A Cairn. But we're not talking about Karens. We're talking about Westies. <laughs> so I'm not going to say that word again. Okay. I'm going to work. I'll, I'll work on that, guys. Anyway, um, they are a very small, um, they're a medium size, um, c- compact uh, terrier. They're white with the most adorable, beautiful little dark almond shaped eyes. Yeah. And I think most uh, people that see them, they they do this cut. They're called a plush cut, where the head's sort of big and the body's closed. It, you know, cut a little, you know, kind of close. They're just adorable little dogs. Um, but they were originally from Scotland. They were bred um, again for hunting. They're great companion dogs. They're about anywhere from fifteen to twenty pounds. Lifespan anywhere from twelve to sixteen years. Um, but they're earth dogs. Um, like the Karen, just threw that in because I'm learning, um, <laughs> Terrier or some of the other ones that we all know and love, like the Border Terrier, et cetera. Um, and they... Um, Do they have, go after a particular varmint? I mean, are they... I think that they're just like any earth ratters. dog. I mean, yeah, they're just sort of like ratters or, um, I mean, their groundhogs are definitely bigger than them. So I can't imagine them going after a groundhog, <laughs> but I think they can be pretty tenacious. They're not... Um, they're not like a Jack Russell because every time someone thinks of a terrier, I I always go to the kind of Jack Russell type of dog that are kind of more yippy and high energy. They're a high energy dog, but they're very very highly trainable. But they're not as intense 
as like a Jack Russell. So they really make a good companion dog. Um, for instance, um, they're very, very loyal. They become very loyal to one person. Um, they're a good family dog if trained well. The redundant thing that I found it throughout all of the research that I did is that there really are, like all dogs, there are very well-bred ones and there are not so well-bred ones. And um, the well-bred ones are very much true to the breed, which is they're highly trainable. They're good in family situations. Um, if if brought up correctly, you you know, you can, I know that there's a lot of rescue groups and stuff out there. Um that you can bring a dog into, into a family. And if you have smaller kids, you always have to be very careful. And this would definitely be that type of breed. You, if, if it's not something that's been around small kids and it doesn't appear to like small kids, you don't want to, you're not going to change that. It's, you know, they become sort of set in their ways. They're a little bit of a stubborn dog. Um, but again, very highly trainable. So if you train it incorrectly, (laughs) it will remain stubborn. Um, They, um, the great, great personality, big personalities, but also can be very quiet. Um, someone had asked me before if they were a yappy dog and this particular dog and Kathy, my friend, Kathy has had several of them. Um, and she has said she's never had a bad experience with, with them being very yappy, but again, she got very well-bred ones that were trained well. Um, they just, um, and, and they can, you know, and they can do tons of different things. Like, you know, they can do agility, they can do, um, uh, her dog actually has, um, um, oh my gosh, it lost my head, a tracking um, uh, title. Does nose work. Yeah, yeah, it does a lot of nose work. So they, again, because they're trainable, they can kind of do whatever. Really great um, companion or therapy dogs when they get a little bit older because they'll just sit very quietly on a lap and just love to just soak in, you know, love from people. Um, in the a home, like, is sits I, quietly on a lap? Are you sure? A little bit, they have to be a little bit older, but you know, this one will, this, this particular one is just, she'll sit on your lap. You can put her to person to person. She's very sweet. Always keeping her eye on her mother, but very, you know, great. Um, she said she's a great therapy dog. You know, you could bring her into a hospital and, and she would sit on somebody's lap. I I love to hear when dogs are like that. Um, my little Australian puppy would never be that. It wouldn't be that he'd be, he does Shakira hips. So he wouldn't be that dog right now. That's what Ray says it. Um, <laughs> they, Do you uh, remember the very famous dressage Westie, Princess Aki? Oh yes, and it's yes. Okay, and this is funny. Princess Aki was owned by another very uh, famous dressage trainer, uh, Betsy Steiner, and she was a pretty, very much like Reba, a little bit more, I think, outspoken. Reba is a little bit more quiet, but she was a pretty wonderful dog. Yeah. She was a pretty wonderful dog. And I asked Kathy, you know, did the two of them know about getting into the dogs together? And they liked them for two different reasons. But both of them have bring their dogs and travel them to Europe um, really easily. You know, you put them in their little sharp, sharper bag and, you know, you can go anywhere with them and they can sit actually in the plane with you because they're a small enough dog. Um, So, you know, I've asked, you know, what's any skin you know, any allergy problems, they said, you know, really the number one health thing about these dogs is they do have some skin stuff. So everywhere I've read and the research I've did just recommended that you either strip the coat, hand strip it, or you keep them clipped because that way you can keep them a little cleaner and Mm -hmm. keep checking on their skin. But, you know, all in all, I think a really great breed, one we should consider, Tigger. <laughs> it's one we need to put in the yes column, I'm just saying. Um, Okie dokie. Yeah, and, but they, they are a dog that you could live, that could be in an apartment, um, but it does have to have activity. So it's not something you want to, you know, get a puppy, leave it in a crate all day, and then come home and expect it to be a happy dog. If, you know, as, as it's older, as long as it gets a little bit of activity, it, it, it really, um, is very good being around its person. And, um, I just, I think they're a great dog. I think they, they make wonderful dogs, but number one thing is go to a good breeder. Yep. Go to a good breeder. So we're going to put this one in the yes column, Tigger. <laughs> okay. <laughs> when we're about like a hundred. And now we've arrived at our Critter Nutrition Corner, and we're going to to talk about managing gastric ulcer-sensitive horses. 
It can be challenging to manage a horse that tends to act ulcery for days, weeks, or months after gastric ulcer treatment. The horse goes back onto ulcer medications, gets better, is taken off the meds, and then starts acting ulcery again. What we have learned is that some of these horses don't actually have a full-blown ulcer, but they do have an ulcer sensitivity, meaning a gastric acid irritation of the mucosa lining the stomach. Horses are biologically designed to live in groups, wander and eat forage 20 hours a day, and be strong and agile to run from predators. Horses produce more than 10 gallons of saliva per day when they are constantly eating. The brilliance of the biological design of the horse is that the horse's salivary glands produce bicarbonate, which buffers and protects the lining of the stomach and raises the pH. Included with the bicarbonate is the enzyme amylase, which breaks down carbohydrates. A horse's stomach is divided into two parts the non-glandular portion and the glandular portion. The non-glandular portion lacks a significant mucosal layer, making horses predisposed to squamous gastric ulcers. Research has indicated that lower stomach pH can be affected by dietary components. High starch foods can lower the pH, while alfalfa, for instance, raises the pH, thus buffering the gastric acid in the stomach and having a protective effect on the squamous mucosa. One study showed that a diet high in non-structural carbohydrates, as found in oats and barley, caused less saliva production and a more rapid fermentation, resulting in the production of volatile fatty acids. In the presence of low stomach pH, volatile fatty acids are absorbed into the squamous cells, which inhibit cellular sodium transport and can predispose horses to squamous ulceration. Ulcers that form in the glandular portion of the stomach are generally caused by a breakdown in mucosal defense mechanisms rather than exposure to gastric acid. Non-steroidal anti-inflammatories can contribute to ulcers to the formation of ulcers in the glandular portion. The horse under saddle. When horses are working, the natural bicarbonate protection of saliva is halted. When the non-glandular portion is left unprotected, gastric acid can splash and irritate the mucosa, even causing an acid burn. Remember, the gastric acid in the stomach is being produced all the time, not just when the horse is eating. In fact, exercise increases gastric acid production, expanding the opportunity for mucosa irritation and burn. A horse's biology is designed for quick periods of running away from danger. Wild horses may run a few hundred yards or even half a mile to get away from predators. Then they go back to eating. But when we train horses, we are working them an hour or more each day, a much longer time spent without the benefit of the food saliva buffering mechanism. Management of the ulcer-sensitive horse. Here are some tips and points to consider. Studies have shown that foods high in non-structural carbohydrates result in higher volatile fatty acid production and therefore greater potential for squamous mucosal injury. Even feeds labeled as low starch may have a combined sugar and starch content of over 20%. Truly low non-structural carbohydrates means 12% or less, and for metabolic horses, it is 10% or less. Horses need to eat 20 hours per day. It is extremely important to make sure the horse has hay or forage and doesn't go longer than four hours in a 24-hour period without eating. Stress is a huge component in the formation of ulcers. Trailering, showing, training, changes in personnel at the barn, human stress in the environment, isolation, loss of an equine buddy, change of barns, injury, all of these things can contribute to increased ulcer formation. Reducing the cortisol produced by acute stress or chronic stress is important. Herbs such as ashwagandha, holy basil, ginseng provide cortisol-lowering actions. Adding aloe to the feed, a quarter to half a cup per feeding, can help coat the GI tract and protect the mucosa. High-quality distilled aloe is more expensive in the short term, but you use less of it per feeding. I personally recommend George's distilled aloe. Management of the ulcer-sensitive horse under saddle. Because alfalfa raises the pH in the stomach and provides calcium to buffer acid, feeding alfalfa before exercise can be helpful to the ulcer-sensitive horse. Alfalfa hay is also very high in protein. 
If needed, a good alternative source is alfalfa pellets or cubes, which have a lower protein content. Walk breaks during a training session are not only important for muscle recovery, but help reduce the amount of gastric acid being pumped. Remember, the biology of the horse is structured around eating, quickly running away from the predator, then relaxing and eating again. Sugar cubes are common treats for performance horses, but sugar is one of the components that elevate the volatile fatty acids in the stomach, resulting in the inhibition of sodium transport and an increase in squamous ulceration. Riders and trainers may like to see the white lipstick of foam around a horse's mouth that sugar helps produce, but it's far better for the ulcer-sensitive horse to get a small handful of alfalfa pellets instead. We need to adjust our perception of white lips versus green lips. Biostar's Tummies. This unique for my own ulcer-sensitive horse, Lionheart. It is designed in a cookie form to be given as you're tacking up. What makes Tummies special is the microcrystallized aloe vera. It works like the drug sucralfate, which acts as a local mucosal adherent. Sucralfate is sort of a band-aid for gastric lesions and irritated mucosa. Microcrystallized aloe is a therapeutic pharmaceutical grade of aloe vera not not available in stores, but often used in hospital burn units. It is an incredibly expensive aloe at $250 a pound. The microcrystallized aloe in tummies goes to work protecting the mucosa from the gastric acid splash and helping soothe any mucosa that is already irritated. Tummies also provides cabbage for its high content of the amino acid glutamine. This amino acid provides nitrogen to the immune cells of the intestinal mucosa and helps stimulate the synthesis of mucoproteins that increase mucin. A key characteristic of mucin is the ability to form gels, serving various functions such as lubrication, cell signaling, and creating protective barriers. Another important ingredient in tummies is non-GMO papaya. This tropical fruit increases mucus production in the stomach, esophagus, and mouth. Papaya can aid in thickening the mucus lining in the stomach that serves to protect against increased gastric acid production. You can carry tummies bars in your pocket as a training reward for your horse during a ride. Because they are dehydrated, they won't fall apart like sugar cubes if your pockets get wet, and they won't create a sticky mess. Keeping in mind the essential biology of the horse is important in the management of gastric ulcer sensitivity. The good news is these horses can be managed relatively easily by focusing on diet, lifestyle, pre-exercise food, and plenty of walk breaks during the training session. Real horses and real dogs are healthier, perform better, and recover more quickly on real food. That's why Biostar empowers horse and canine owners with 100% whole food nutrition, supplements, and feeding programs. Biostar products are made at their own certified non-GMO facility in Gordonsville, Virginia, using real food ingredients that are raw, freeze-dried, or dehydrated, never cooked, and are free from artificial flavors, colors, soy, corn, wheat, and molasses. The Biostar product line includes a wide range of whole food, horse and dog supplements, treats, and unique artisan poultices that embrace the ancient and traditional uses of clay and plants. Visit BiostarUS.com today and learn about whole foods and canine and equine nutrition so you can make the best decisions about the care and health of your horses and dogs. That's BiostarUS.com. Whole food nutrition the way nature intended. So our, our our topic today in coffee clatch is a little <laughs> unusual. Um, I was just Not kind of musing <laughs> about if if we all um, you know reincarnated and if if we were told well you can't be a human next time you have to be a mammal you have to be a bird you have to be an insect so that is our. Um, premise is you know what we would choose to come back as if we chose a mammal or a bird or an insect and likewise what animal bird or insect would we not want to come back as so you want to start patty i mammal well i kind of did it a little bit differently but okay of course you did okay so what i okay i i have two 
<laughs> okay, I would. I've always. I've always. I think a lion. I think a lion. I think lions are amazing. Um, I just. I love lions, so I would love to come back as a lion. Like that would be a cool thing to do. But I would. Um, I don't want it to be too hot. <laughs> I don't want to have to live in Africa. I would like to have food around me and not have to, you know, work for it. Um, <laughs> I. I know you didn't ask for that, but I just think I just like. So you want to be a lion at Lion Country Safari? That's no, because right. I don't. What it wa- I like. don't. I don't want to be caged in. Well, Lion, um. lion Country <laughs> Safari—they're not caged in. They live out and they're free to wander about. And they are, yeah. but it's not. It's just not big enough. But well, you can't I do have like it both the, ways, Patty. If, you know, I knew, I knew it. I knew that you guys would say that. Okay, so so I knew you guys would say that. So then I wanted to tell you that I wouldn't mind being a giraffe. But I only want to be a giraffe for a little bit because I want to feel what it likes, what it's like to canter as a giraffe. <laughs> it is the coolest canter in the world, isn't it? Yeah, the that's cool like one. I just, yeah, I just want that. So, but I only want to be a giraffe for a bit. <laughs> gotcha. Okay. 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 Yeah. Jen, Jennifer, what do I want to be? Well, hmm. in the mammal category. In the mammal category. Uh, in the mammal category, I'm going to be. A, I'm going to be a domestic cat because they got the best freaking life ever. Mm, true. <laughs> yeah. Cats always look so chill, which I like, but unlike Patty, I'm not going to try to have my cake and eat it too. <coughs> I'm going to just get it over with and be a domestic cat where I have a human to serve me. I'm going to take a page from Hedwig's book. Oh, true. I can hang out, true. sit on top yeah. of the couch, clean my claws on the curtains. That's where I'm going. Oh, yeah. Okay. I'd be putting you, if you were my cat, you'd be going outside. <laughs> just going to, yeah, just saying. There we go. Okay. So my, the mammal I would like to come back as is a raccoon. Ah. Because they're You like to crafty. wash your food? Huh? Because you like to wash your food? No, because I think they're crafty and clever and they're sort and of they're scoundrels. Kind of and They are. And I like masks. <laughs> you know, you know, Tigger. I think we're backwards on this. I think you were a raccoon in a previous life. Right. I think we've got this backwards. She did have a rocky raccoon. I did have a rocky raccoon. Yeah. Okay. okay. What bird would you come back as, Patty P? I want to. I would come back as an eagle. Ah. Uh, why? Well, because they're, I, well, when they were endangered, I just remember feeling like I just always wanted to see, and I, I've seen a bunch, um, but I just think they're so regal and they're just beautiful and large and they just can fly above the earth and just look at everything that's happening and then go down and just kill something in a second. <laughs> 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 this is way more revealing than I had hoped it would be. <laughs> So what I'm saying is I want to stalk things from the air and then go in and kill it when I feel like it. Gotcha. There you okay, go. Okay, so let's move right along on that one. Jennifer? <laughs> what bird? I'm I'm going to come back as a swan. Oh. Because they're really cool and beautiful and they swim around the lake Elegant. or the pond, all cool, but they're totally badass at the same time. Totally yeah. badass. Yeah. Yeah, I'm jealous. I kind of wish I had said that one now. Yeah. Yeah. Jealous. That was I want to come back as a scarlet macaw so I can yak. There you go. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Keep talking. And you can laugh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you could do whatever. You, you basically could do, do what you do you now, but you would be red. <laughs> okay. That was a good one, Tigger. Um, so, Patty, what insect would you come back as? Um, I'm not real big on bugs. <laughs> so this too comes, I would like to be a cricket because they can, oh! yeah, it's uh, crickets are cool. And oh, they're um, very cool. yeah. And I just don't want to be eaten by the eagle. <laughs> <laughs> so I just want to point that out. So I'll be when a cricket, I, but I don't want to die. When I think of a cricket, I think of the cricket in Mulan. The lucky oh, <laughs> I think a Jiminy Cricket. Yeah. Oh, the yeah. little shoes. Yeah. 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 Okay, Jennifer, what bug? I'm going to come back as a dung beetle. A dung? What? A dung beetle. Did not see that coming. T- I got to tell you, I didn't expect that. They're either. totally in, they're, they're industrious. They know what their job is. 
They do. They're industrious, but yet they don't have to deal with the whole co-workers pot hassle that an ant would. I mean, you have to work with all the other ants, and, you know, there's going to be drama. Dung beetles yes. are kind of solitary in that respect. You get your own little chunk of dung, and you roll it where you need to roll it. And, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going coming back as a dung beetle. Okay. All right. Just I got it. didn't see that coming. I had a very hard decision. It, it was a toss-up <laughs> between coming back as a praying mantis Ooh. or a ladybug. <laughs> ladybug. Hmm. Okay. And the great mantis part I like is that the female eats the male, which I think is oh my very handy, you know. And um, the ladybugs, I just think, are so cute. I like to ladybugs are cute. Hang out on a leaf with my little orange, reddish wings. Hey. And, and everybody loves ladybugs. There's yes. nobody in the, un- in the universe that goes, ew, ladybug, yuck. Nobody says that. Um... <laughs> Remember when they released all those ladybugs in Virginia a yes. while back, Tigger, yes. and they had like 60,000. I was at that point wanting them all to be in my vacuum cleaner. <laughs> I'm not saying that I was saying, ooh, but I certainly didn't want to see. There was thousands of them. Thousands. Yeah. Yeah. That was the thing. So what mammal would you not want to come back as, Patty? <laughs> the Tasmanian devil. <laughs> Because I'd be extinct. <laughs> and I think they're creepy looking. And I'm not really sure what their purpose is. So I don't want to be that. <laughs> Jennifer? What mammal would I not want to be? Um, an anteater. Mm, okay. Oh, yeah. They have a long snout. Yeah, the, yeah, the anteater. It just just can't relate yeah. to anteater at all. Yeah. No. yeah people I'm laugh at them. Yeah, yeah, that's you know? unfairly, but they laugh just the same. Yeah, that's true. I okay, don't want to come back as a polar bear. Why? Because, they're so cute. Oh, they're adorable, but their habitat is in such crisis that I wouldn't yeah. want to come back and you know not have any ice to live yeah. on. I wouldn't want to be cold. <laughs> <laughs> I know thus, I'd be a polar thus bear. Thus, she's going I'd... to be a lion. At the safari yeah. park. But she doesn't want to be hot. And she I wants her, her food served to her. I just want it to be exactly the way. Yeah, if I'm coming back, I'm getting it right the second time around. She wants you know to be saying? a Disney lion. That's I right. want to be. <laughs> you didn't say you didn't say that to be realistic. <laughs> so what uh, bird would you not want to come back as? Well, so this is where I really didn't. I wasn't appropriate. I'm going to say I, I'm going to say one of those turkey vultures because I just think they're ugly. But I also put a snake, which I know has nothing to do with the bird, but I don't like snakes. So I don't want to be a bird as a Tas or not as a Tasmanian. I don't want to be a turkey vulture, but I also don't want to come back as a snake, just in case you guys were wondering. <laughs> okay, good to know. Yeah, I don't like snakes. Jennifer? A crow. Don't want to be a crow. They look angry and stressed. All the time. Yeah, and they're, they're loud. Oh, I don't mind the loud part on that already. But, yeah, they just, they okay. look stressed out. They're always picking on their neighbors. They're just not good citizens, in my, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah. yeah. And they're always dressed in black. And they're always dressed in black. And I think that's sad and depressing and, and brings me yeah. down. Yeah. 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 I'm with you on that. I love crows. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> yeah, of course, yeah, of course you do. <laughs> yeah. Okay, got it's it. Because you're a ladybug. Yeah, that's right. Crows eat ladybugs. And you know what? I'm the eagle flying above all you people. I'm going to come down and get you, especially if you're a snake. Okay. So the bird I don't want to be is a seagull. Okay. Interesting. Why because that? of all the garbage in the ocean. Oh. <laughs> of course. Should have seen that coming. Jennifer, are you with me on that one? Yeah, you're right. I should have seen She's it coming. She's making this so sad. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't want to get tangled up in all that plastic and Yeah. 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 Okay. Okay, what insect do you not want to come back as? I didn't choose an insect. I chose <laughs> the snake. Like, no, that was that was I was back on mammal. I, I don't want to be it's, a snake. But a snake isn't a mammal. It's a, it snakes are should be anything. <laughs> They're a reptile. I don't like that. Don't don't make me go through that whole thing again. So, I 
chose snail. And I know that they're not an insect, but they're they're a snail and a slug are in the same category to me. And I know they're not insects, but I don't want to be them. Uh, oh, good to know. One of them. I don't like them. Okay. At all. Jennifer? Insect. Do I not want to be um, a walking stick? Mm. Oh, I think they're so cool. Don't want to be that. Because... No, I you know I would have no identity. You just blend into the background your entire yeah. existence. They're like we'd be like, "Where's Jen? I think she's on that tree." I'm I don't right know. here. I'm right. Yeah, I'd be over there yelling know. and waving my little insect arm. I'm over here. And then Tigger would be here. over there as a ladybug, all bright and cheery. And then some crow would swoop down and eat me. Yeah, it's true. And I'd be on this. I'd be like not being the snail on the ground. <laughs> 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 this is much more fun than I thought this was going to be. <laughs> well, I don't want to come back as a roach. Yes, I Well, agree. yeah, that's universally disgusted hated by yeah, yeah all humans. Yeah, they're yeah. dirty. And then you come back as a roach and you know that everybody's out to get you. Yeah, and they right. and you know you're you, they know, you know you're just going to they don't like you. You're going to you know be I mean? gassed or trapped or Yeah. yeah. But yeah. everybody knows post apocalypse you're, you're the, the only earth. one left. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Can't kill those things. Think about that. That's true. That's true. Let us know what animal you, animal, insect, or bird that you might want to come back as in your next life. Just go to healthycritters.com. Thanks for listening, everyone. And thanks to our sponsor, Biostar US. You can find them online at biostarus.com. Get the Horse Radio Network phone app on iOS or Android by searching for Horse Radio Network in the App Store. It's free and easy to use. For details about today's show, go to HealthyCrittersRadio.com where you can find links, photos, and more information about our guests. As always, we love your feedback. Please follow us on Facebook under Healthy Critters Radio. Be sure to visit all the great shows on Horse Radio Network at HorseRadioNetwork.com. Love your dog. Hug your horse. Feed your chickens. Clean your litter box. Dance with your goat. Slither with your snakes. Howl at the moon. Hang with your hamster. Party with your parrot. Waddle with your walrus. Outwit your otter. Cuddle your cows. Rap with your raptor. Go chipping with your chipmunks. Forgive your fox. While hedging your hog. We also recommend that you rack with your raccoon. Gyrate with your giraffe. Meditate with a meerkat. Uber with your orangutan. Facebook with your flamingo. Ponder with your panda. Walk with your wookie. Yawn with your yak. Twitter with your toucan. Go raining with your reindeer. Dropbox your dragon. (laughs) 